Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. I love when God's people gather at the table of the Lord. And let's say from the very beginning of this message today, that's what we are doing. Let's just take a moment. I need a moment to pause. I have prepared, I have prayed, I have read actually my physical Bible in today's computer age and getting ready for this service, but I've also delved at the countless translations I have on computer and comparing and looking. And uh, I know a little bit of Greek, a little bit of Hebrew. The Hebrew has a little Adelia in Bakersfield over here. And then <laughs> I know just enough to be able to look up some words. That's what I know. And so you try to get the purest meaning of God's word. I am delighted to be with you here. And uh, during this time of transition, I feel honored. And I'm not just saying this. I mean it. As I listen to the worship this morning, the quality of the music, uh, how do I say it, the... uh, the actual words of the song, so many times I, I wonder what in the world they're, they're singing just over and over again. Now, I don't have any problem with doing something over and over again. If the anointing's on something, don't leave it until the anointing lifts. And, uh, but this has been warm from my heart. I can say, not just as something to say, I can say thank you to the worship team. Thank you for drawing my heart. into the very presence of God because that's what this is about today. I want to just pause for a moment and I'm just going to say uh, for some reason I was sitting down here just so many thoughts began flooding through my mind and uh, I want to make sure the ones I share with you are from God and not just something my brain does. So Lord, we just wait upon you. I wait upon you. Your people are ready for your word. We have indeed been entertaining the King of Kings. That's what our worship is about. The entire congregation. This isn't some concert. This is an entire group of people, a congregation. Here for your presence. And your presence alone. Oh, we have our needs and we bring them in here because we know in your presence we'll find all that we need. Guide us and lead us in the name of Jesus. Well, you've seen me from week to week, uh, or actually month to month, I've been here about once a month, and I've mentioned to you before, and like some of you, I've gotten to the age that I'm holding everything together with super glue and duct tape. <laughs> I don't know if this is a super glue and this is the duct tape, I'm not sure what it is, but uh, um, most of my issues... I, I was joking with the prayer team. I said, you know, it's kind of like having the healing service you had to cancel due to illness. <laughs> Most of my, this is just injuries I've done to myself by dumb things. No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> just enough to know that, uh, that this is gonna, supposed to be fixed tomorrow with a 15-minute surgery. This, I don't know what's going to happen. I tore my bicep. Some of you surprised to find out I had one. (laughs) 
And again, I mentioned what my grandmother said. I've told you this before, but I just, I'm just thinking about it this morning. And she said to me at age 93, she said, Frankie, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. So some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But this morning, let's look to God's Word. Because this is the time for the table of the Lord, I want to do what I call a portrait of the bread. Boy, throughout your Bible, bread is serious. And sometimes it doesn't mean just, you know, sourdough or uh, unleavened bread or something. It means that. But sometimes it's the word for the whole meal. Ah, good shish kebab lamb or something like that. You know, the bread, the time together and eating and sharing. And I think, I, I know this church. I've been a part of this church when I was on staff here. And I know you like to eat just as much as I do. <laughs> they say that an army travels on its stomach. I'm telling you, folks, we're going into battle. We're, <laughs> we're well prepared for that. Well, God had, our story begins this morning, where God is leading his children out of bondage. You know the story. But I'm going to stir up your minds by way of remembrance. And God is delivering them by many mighty signs and wonders. I don't know about you, but I've had those times when I haven't got quite the answer I wanted. And I felt like saying, where is the God of Elijah? But I'm reminded years ago of one of my college professors I spent a year at uh, Life Bible College before I went to Vanguard. How many of you know what Life Bible College is? Okay. L-I-F-E. Uh, we jokingly call it living in financial embarrassment. Uh, but it was a wonderful Bible college. I have no criticism whatsoever. Got some wonderful teaching. And Dr. Hammond one time said, the Bible teaches divine healing. And that doesn't depend on how I feel or whether I'm healed. He said, if you find me dying of an incurable disease, lift my hands up. I'll lay them on the, on the heads of others and pray for their healing because I believe that God heals the sick. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and me pounding the pulpit there reminded me, I have a good friend who is a surgeon. Uh, and he uh, does the kind of surgery that probably I need on this arm. He's retired now. But he said he had a minister who was one of his patients before he retired. And he came in, he broke his hand pounding the pulpit. Must have been in his notes, point weak. Pound pulpit here. I hope that uh, none of the points that I have in my heart today to share with you are weak. Because I do believe they were birthed from the word of God and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So they put it in a cast and he broke the cast and they had to redo the whole thing because... He just couldn't keep from pounding the pulpit. But well, you know how you are. You get excited when you're preaching God's word. God had led the children of Israel out of their bondage. And it was so wonderful, they wrote songs about it. You wonder where some of our hymns and songs come from? They come from people's spiritual experience. And I don't want to delude you here, but some of our great hymns were written by people that had a wonderful spiritual experience. But the tune they borrowed from a bar somewhere. You're kidding me, Pastor. No, no, no. But after all, what are we? 
whatever the Holy Spirit's drug in off the street. I'm not asking for hands, but some of you, he borrowed from a bar somewhere. And today he's delivered you. And you are not borrowed, you are owned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He changes our hearts and changes our lives. And the psalmist was so excited about the history of his nation. In Psalms 105, he wrote these words. He spread a cloud for a covering and fire to give light in the night. The people asked and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water gushed out. It ran in the dry places like a river. Those are very real places. It happened in a place, my goodness, as hot as Bakersfield. (laughs) Coming across the Sinai, crossing into Arabia, going up into Israel. God performed miracles, covered them with his cloud by day, and a pillar of fire at night he guided them. And they thought they were going to starve in the wilderness, but God took care of them. He provided manna, bread in the wilderness. And when they got tired of that, he provided quail. God took care of them. When they thought they were not going to have sufficient water, he said, strike the rock. And it split in two. It's interesting. There's places you can go there and see what people say. That's the rock. It's split in two. You can see where the water came out. I don't know if that's the rock. I just know there was a rock. And I know that that became a symbol of the rock upon which we build our lives, the foundation, Jesus Christ. Look at it all comes together. The bread comes from the hand of God, also the seed. Now, I know today with farming, things have changed and they've done genetic modifications. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm not going to comment in that area except, except to say that Sometimes mankind takes credit for all this. But they had to start with God's seed. Kind of like the scientific, the mythical story of the scientists that challenged God and said, we're going to make life. We can do it. He says, well, let's see how you do it. He says, well, we're going to get some dirt. He says, get your own dirt. Everything is from the hand of God. Now, I'm going to mention, I'm going to call this a carnal desire, but it's sort of not, sort of is, okay? I love to see divine healing. I love to see miracles. And I have seen some things in my life and experienced some that are just profound, can be explained no other way than God himself. It's particularly wonderful when you see someone who has been blind instantly healed. I've only seen that one time. I was blessed to be there. But you know, Jesus made it clear that the longing for the bread and dishonoring of the bread maker is carnal. You see, we must have a thirst first for him, not first for miracles. I'm not playing that down. I believe in miracles. And I don't see near enough. And I'm not going to blame anybody else. I'm not going to say the church has gotten so bad. No. If I'm going to see more miracles, I've got to do something with me. I had a friend one time. He used to have visions. 
I don't know about you, but if you've had those real spiritual friends, he goes, I'm having this vision. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, what channel are you on? I want to look at that too. <laughs> Angels appeared to him. And one day he said to me, he was a successful pastor. He said, well, some of us are so carnal, we have to have all that. And here I thought he was super spiritual. God bless him. He had some humility in his heart. Our faith is for the ultimate of his presence. If we're to labor for anything beyond the bread and the miraculous, it is for the essence of God and have the miraculous follow. Isn't there something in the Bible about signs following? Jesus said it this way in John 6. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. What a claim! Let me say to you as believers, and if there's any here that have not made that step of saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, let me tell you that there is no middle ground with Jesus, not some wonderful moral teacher. He's either the most insane person in the world or he is God in human flesh. Somebody walks in to a doctor's office and they have bacon laid across their head because they believe that they're scrambled eggs. You know something's wrong with them. Then again in today's world where you can't even tell the difference between men and women. There's something wrong with our society at large. God has set his seal on him. That's one of the least of the claims of Jesus. But the scriptures are very clear that God provided for his people bread in the wilderness. Now, I think we can honestly refer to this as angel food. Scripture does. I've often wondered if there's something wrong with me because I really like devil eggs. <laughs> but I've never tainted, tasted this angel food, and I do like angel food cakes. I'm not supposed to have them, but I do like them. And it's interesting to read how some people explain this. Don't say it's natural in that area for coriander seeds to show up. I don't know if the wind blows them in. The little round seeds. Folks, I, you know, it's wonderful if God performed a miracle and all of a sudden sent all kinds of seeds like he did with all the rules that he gave, fresh ones every day, and double uh, before the Sabbath so they could get them twice as much for, to cover for the Sabbath. I don't know if that's what it was. I don't think it is. But let me give you, and many of you may know this. Here's the Hebrew for manna. It's what it means. Here it is. What is it? That is. That's it. What is it? They went in to get their food. They go, let's go get some. What is it? Why are you going to? We're going to have fried. What is it today? We're going to grind it and have what is it cake? I don't know you. I've had times when I've eaten, and I, that was my question. What is it? <laughs> what is it? And you know, it's God's provision. How wonderful is this? The Hebrew leaders, the Jewish leaders in Jesus' day in John 6, 31, said to him, this is their claim of 
We're the people of God. Our fathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. What is it? Yeah, and let me tell you what you people were like then. And of course, we're we're never like them. How, How many of you, don't raise your hand yet, but how many of you like me as a new Christian, when I was a new Christian, I'm reading the Bible and I say, what's wrong with those people? I would never be like that. And then the disciples, I get in the New Testament, and, and they're grumbling, they're complaining, and I go, what is the matter with those people? Now, how many of your first time through kind of thought that too? Let me see your hand, okay? The rest of you, your halos are tilted. Okay. A little while walking with Jesus, I found out that I was no better than they are, and I needed to grow and become sanctified by the power of his presence in my life. So, they got tired of God's provision. Isn't it amazing? We have something that is wonderful and powerful, and eventually we get tired of it. But it was manna in the morning, manna at noon, manna in the evening. Manna on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But God heard their complaint. Can you imagine that? And he gave them doves. And he gave them probably more than they could handle. Can you imagine the generosity of God? I'm not just talking about this, but that God himself would be the sacrifice for your sins in the person of his son, Jesus Christ? That the words of Jesus on the cross would be, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Because he tasted and bore our sins in his body. The provision of the bread, the bread of life, is marvelous. Again, from Psalm 78, starts at verse 22. Listen to God's word. Because you, they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation, yet he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna on them to eat and given them to, of the bread of heaven. Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. He caused an east wind to blow on the heavens and by his power brought in the south wind. He also rained meat on them like the dust feathered fowl like the sand of the seas and he let them fall in the midst of their camp all around their dwellings so they ate and were filled for he gave them their own desire I've often heard be careful what you wish for because he does want to give us the desires of our heart but sometimes our desires are deadly to us but here he blessed them the bread of life in the desert. Why don't you just take that and hold it your hand for a moment? On one side you'll see the bread. Unleavened bread. Without the leaven of the Pharisees. The leaven of the Pharisees is that you can earn your way into God's sight. You can work hard to get God's approval and get it. That is not the doctrine of Christ. This doesn't have their leaven of sin and rebelliousness. The fruit of the vine. It signifies the great sacrifice that it took to give you and I the bread of life. 
For Jesus is the bread of life. Is it any accident that in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, that the tempter, the evil one, the devil came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Oh my goodness, this wouldn't be any challenge to the God of heaven who provided meat and bread in the wilderness for well over a couple million people. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If I wasn't concerned, I might break something. I think I'd hop up and down right now. <laughs> I'm more fragile than I thought. My. Thank God. This is our life. The bread of life. Is it any wonder that's how he taught us to pray? He taught us to pray like this. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Every day, fresh. Now, when I pray that prayer, sometimes I think, Lord, you know I've got a full fridge. (laughs) Praying for daily bread. But this is just my way of saying, I know that everything I have, everything I ever will receive, everything I've had in the past is the fruit of your hand. It took a lot of people to deliver it to my house, starting with the farmers and then on through the stores and all through the trucking and all that. But it's all the great gift of God Almighty. Man shall not live but by bread, by bread alone, but by every word of God. And then there's some marvelous stories, actualities that took place. Listen to the explanation of Jesus about the bread and the fish on the hills of Galilee. And I know some of you have seen the, the series, The Chosen. You've seen some of these and see it lived out in front of you. And I thought, well, I never saw it quite that way. I never saw it that quite way. But it is always refreshing to get somebody else's perspective on how it all unfolded. And Jesus said, when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, seven. So he said to them, how is it you don't understand? When you are the bread of life, it's easy to feed 5,000. It's easy to feed the multitudes. I fed millions in the wilderness, and I am the bread of life. The bread of life is here. He is the one. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness is what Paul said to the church at Corinth. This church in Bakersfield, that is Paul's prayer for you and my prayer as well, that he will bless you that you might be a blessing, that he might Cause this church to be a wellspring of the water of life. The bread of life to those that are starving for the righteous and real word of God. The bread of heaven. We have the access today to the source of all created life. Everything, all spiritual 
from the past and the ages to come is found in none other than Jesus Christ, your Lord, your Savior, our King of kings. Everything physical also came from him. The physical, there's a word for it, is temporal. That means temporary. It's those thoughts coming through my mind. Help me, O oh God, to be wise in what you want shared with your people. Let me tell you a story. That's not in my notes at all, but I just feel prompted. Maybe it's for you folks today about a young lady. I have none of the stories true. She was 16 years old and found herself with child. And this wasn't Mary, and this was not a virgin birth. She had uh, gone on a date with a man 10 years older than her when she was 15. Didn't bother to tell her parents when she got home from the date that they had gotten married and honeymooned in a park. He was upset that she was pregnant. Funny, he was there when she got pregnant. Kind of works that way, doesn't it? So he tried to get her to have an illegal abortion. They were illegal at that time. She resisted, but he gave her something to take to cause an abortion. She became very ill and sick. And as she was crying out to God for the first time in her life, that 15-year-old now, she would soon she would be 16 by the time the baby was born. Said a bright light appeared at the foot of her bed, and a voice came from that bright light. He said, I've heard you cry. Touch you today and heals you, and you will have a baby boy. He'll be strong and healthy, and my hand and anointing will be upon him. That was a fabulous story because that was my mother. We, drew, we grew up in a non religious household. She didn't know Jesus. One day, wandering down the street, on an errand somewhere, carrying her baby boy, she walked into a Methodist church and asked if the pastor would baptize her baby. We don't baptize babies, but apparently the Methodists will, but it's called christening, and so she took him in and dedicated him to God. She wasn't a Christian. The baby wasn't a Christian. <laughs> it was me. Now, I only know these things because my mother told me. And I can think of down through the years, the times that I had an interaction with God when I didn't know God. So when you think about your friends, think about maybe these friends that don't know Christ or friends that are going to know him someday because God is working their lives. I told my wife, I said, it's funny, for a person who's not a Calvinist, and that's who believes all things are ordained ahead of time, uh, I don't believe that. Boy, it sure looks like it in my life. I don't believe that's consistent with scriptures, but it'd be consistent with my life. Because again and again, 
I had neighborhoods. Picked me, a neighbor picked me up, took me to DVBS when I was, when I was a child. I can still remember the flannel board. How many of you know what a flannel board is? Two of us. Three of us, okay. And they were telling about the catch of fishes. And so we'd remember the story for treats. We had crackers with anchovies on it. I never forgot the story or the experience. I just feel prompted to tell you this this morning. Somebody needs to hear this. This life is temporary. This body is on loan. <laughs> treat yours better than I've treated mine. Some of them, you've treated them very well. They just fail anyway. But someday, there will be a note that's played on a chauffeur. It'll be just the right tune and every damaged cell will come together and in the grave we will rise and we will meet him in the air. I tell you that there is healing in the bread of life. And you might have healing today. You might have healing in the future, but you will have healing, the bread of life. One of the One of the things that troubled me when I read it was a story in Matthew 15. There was a woman whose daughter was oppressed by the devil and she came to Jesus to heal her daughter, to deliver her daughter. And his answer is staggering. He said, it's not good to take the children's bread. Now let's take a moment. The children's bread is what? It is healing. It is deliverance. It is knowing God. It is the word. It is the presence of Jesus. And he said to this woman, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Couldn't you see that happening today? Oh, I never. Never going back to that church. They've insulted me. Let me tell you, over 50 years of ministry, one of the things I think is a, a great gift from God. I don't find it listed in the gifts of the Spirit, but I think it's there. It's called thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I can't be offended, but you've got to try real hard. Even the dogs eat what's dropped from the table. Never met this woman, but I love her. And so did Jesus. And she got what she asked for. And so, what can we say this morning? You've heard it before. Again, I'm stirring up your minds. What is this about? And we touch the lives of others. It's simply this. Just one beggar telling another where to find bread. And the bread we have is the bread of life. One beggar telling another where to find bread. We eat today and die tomorrow. I don't care how good your diet is. I mean, you know what's out there. And I I read this article, and it referred to what's going on today as a holistic health explosion. That's what it called Western medicine. It's a valuable gift from God. I believe medicine in. I'm going to trust the doctor tomorrow. I trust Jesus first, and I trust him to take me through this. I trust him however he wants it done. 
It's a gift from God. And anybody that does works in healing, they're doing God's work. But this article said millions are exploring alternative healing methods, biofeedback, autogenetics, training, kinesiology, acupuncture, guided imagery, bioenergenetics, reflexology, stress management, gestalt therapy, therapeutic touch, homeopathy, naturopathy, macrobiotics. Some people are actually finding help in some of these alternative healing methods. But all of them have to admit, as well as medicine of today, that these are not the actual healing forces. They can remove the obstacles to healing. They might help it and evoke it, but the healing power itself is in the power of Almighty God. He's built it into your bodies. Why do I believe it's God's will to heal? Because he made it into our bodies. I believe it's God's will for us to to live sinless. I haven't made it yet, and not... Obviously, there's things I haven't got healed yet. You know, I, I, could, I could take the duct, duct tape and super, super glue off this morning and still function limitedly. But this is to keep me from doing something stupid. I don't know about you, but I have a propensity to those kind of things. I'm so glad God loves us. But Jesus said, take this bread and never die. He's not talking about the physical. Every one of the apostles have died. Jesus himself died, but not a natural death. And then he showed that death was nothing by saying, watch me, I'm coming out the other side. Fear not. All my life I've wondered, will I hear that trumpet before I die? Or will I be among the first to go at the sound of the trumpet? They didn't Christ go first. One man said that was the Presbyterians. He was a Presbyterian. And that's obviously not what it means. He also referred to his church, he was a pastor, as God's frozen people. Folks, I'm just glad I'm among God's people, frozen or not. I don't care if I'm first, second, last, in the middle, or 599, or 2,000, whatever, but when the trumpet sounds. If I get there at a rapture in my lifetime, or I go through the grave, I'm ready. How about you? Amen. Death is nothing to be feared for those who are in Christ Jesus and have taken of the bread of life. The psalmist burst forth with this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Oh, I had to say it that way. I don't think he said, oh, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. The words of Jesus as we come to the table. They're powerful. John 6, he said, this is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. I am the bread of life. 
Jesus is who he said he was. Or he's the nuttiest man that ever lived. There is no in between. I want to declare so there's no doubt. I believe he is just who he said he is. I am that I am. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have come and tabernacled among you. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The gospel of John begins with. And in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the words with God. We hold in our hands a memorabilia of the great creator of the universe who came in human skin and sacrificed himself for us to satisfy his own justice. You are that valuable. He loves you that much. He cares about you. With that intense care. It is the Spirit. The Spirit of Christ. The Holy Spirit. That makes us alive. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. (laughs) I've enjoyed having this flesh. And I've hoping to uh, just squeeze a few more years out of it, and I'm trying to get some repairs done, but it turns out the warranty's worn out. <laughs> you know, one of those guys that they, they call you on the phone about your car warranty? I said, I'd like to talk to you about my elbow warranty. <laughs> but I'm getting a new one. How about you? Yeah. Amen. Give him praise. Yeah. We bless you, Lord. He says, the words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. As we take this cup, will you be remembering? Will you today think about it? The power and the wonder of what it means. The Apostle Paul reminds us in his first letter to the church at Corinth, the 10th chapter, he says, the cup of blessing which we bless. Is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break. Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one table. For we all partake of that one bread. This morning. Are you ready to partake? Not just the little wafer. But the bread of life. You've come into this building and you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. As a non-believer in him, you should not partake in this. But if you have come to believe in him, join us. We welcome you. Let this communion become your confession of faith. That from this day forward, I will live on the eternal bread. I will make myself a brother or sister To God's people. I will trust the God who took his children through the wilderness. I will believe in him. I will take eternal life. When you do that, death simply becomes a door 
to a better life than ever before. You know how they always say, well, we know he's in a better place. For some of those folks, they're not in a better place. They're in hell. That's not my choice. That's what the Bible says. And I don't get to determine who goes there or I'd send some of the wrong ones there. (laughs) And there's days I wouldn't make it. But by grace through faith and not of works that any man should boast. How precious is the bread. For we though are many. And let's take the bread. Put it in our hands. Or one bread and one body for we all partake of that one bread. As we come to the table of the Lord, the first thing I'd like to ask you, in the realm of unity, what Paul talked about, who is it? And I'm asking myself, who is it that I need to forgive? Kind of difficult to sit at the table and start to take the bread that reflects the body of Jesus Christ and have hatred or anger towards your brother, your sister. Who is it? Don't say it out loud. Name it in your head, Lord. That's the one I need to forgive. And maybe you don't think you can. Let me tell you, one day, I had a person, a couple in my church years ago that I felt had totally betrayed me many years ago. I'd lay awake at night thinking about that and how could they do such a thing. One day I tried to have a time of reconciliation that didn't work well. One day I knew that I had to get delivered of this no matter what they did. So in my prayer, and this is the day things all changed for me, I said, God, on judgment day, if you bring up what they did, I will refuse to testify against them. I felt the power of God touch me. There were no more sleepless nights. Our dreams of a holy pastor's revenge. I was delivered. Don't know if their heart ever changed or not. But later when they went into the ministry, I may have forced myself a little, but I supported them. It's between them and God. I'm going to bow my head now and you bow yours with me and you think of somebody you need to forgive and say, If you're unable to, just say, God, I need your help here. I can't even hardly see how I can do this, but I need your help. Or maybe you can just say their name in your heart and say, God, you know, today I forgive them. I forgive them because you've forgiven me. That's enough. Come, Holy Spirit. Your healing power is in the bread. By his stripes we are healed. Oh, we like sheep have gone astray, turned everyone to his own way. But you've made a way. 
And while we are quietly before him, the next question is, who is out there that needs to forgive me? And if they do, how do we work that out? I'm just going to start in prayer right now, Lord. Are those that need to forgive me? Help me to be prepared when they come and ask for it. I don't want to stir up old wounds or anything like that, but God, we want to release all things so there's unity in the body of Christ. And we worship you. Because our spirits are being released. And the bread of life is ours. On that night, he took the bread and he broke it. He blessed it. And he said, take eat, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Name the blessing you need at this table today. I know it might be physical. I'm not, you know, I talked about seeking all that first. This is first. First, we're looking for the bread of life. The blood of Jesus Christ it cleanses us from all sin. Maybe, like me, you need some healing. In the will of God. I don't know what today will bring forth, but I do know closest to God through the blood of Jesus Christ is the richest blessing of all. And I ask, what is it you need? Maybe a marriage to be healed. A broken relationship to have the oil of the Holy Spirit poured upon it. Come, Holy Spirit. Come now. Maybe the touch in your heart and thinking and the restoration of a sound mind fact I speak the word this morning someone has been battling with the issue of your mind being a sound mind and today is the moment of touch to settle your thoughts and the erraticness and bringing them into the gift of God of a wisdom and a sound mind it is yours today as you believe the word of the Lord name the blessing and we worship you, Lord. And we worship you, Lord. Lift your voices with mine. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise and we magnify the living God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. It washes away my sins and all the sins of those who come to you. We thank you, Lord. You took the cup for everything that means he wants you to drink all of it and he wants all of us to drink all of it he blessed it and he said drink
let us lift our voices and worship as the worship team comes. And those on the prayer team, if you'd come into the altars for those of you that have come here today that would like to take the next step in following Jesus, these folks will help you and pray with you. If you just need a place to pray, come and find that place of prayer. And people will pray for you. They won't bother you. But they'll stand with you taking your needs to God. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com or download our app from the App Store.